welcome to Pred Wings Podcast, where Smashville and Hockey Town collide. And now, here are your hosts, Rhett and Ron White, Buffalo Brian, and D-Law, Dan Lawless. Welcome to episode 43 of the PWP. If you found us, if you're listening, you found us on Facebook at Pred Wings Podcast. We're also on Twitter at Pred Wings Pod, Twitch, and Discord, Pred Wings Podcast. So it's been an interesting week, uh, at least for me. Um, our, my, uh, my winter league started up last night. Um, ten. Who do tell? Huh? Do tell. Yeah. Well, it's a ten-game season this season. This season. Uh, this season again. Uh, or ten week. Yeah, ten game, ten week. Yeah, I guess you can basically because um, ten teams in this one last uh, last season was eighteen. So this team was ten again. Uh, it started off. Pretty good, but it didn't finish very good. Um, so you know, I'm playing goal for the C for this team on Thursday nights, and I was just—I mean, it was zero-zero after one. Uh, it was one actually second period. We gave up the first goal. It was kind of a bad goal, kind of no angle shot from the goal line. Uh, I kind of went down and just staying up on my feet. Uh. And then we scored two goals to take a two-to-one lead. That's the worst set after two, and then the third period started. Not bad for, for through the half of the first half of the third period. We ended up taking a three-to-one lead. Uh, they came back and tied it up. Uh, but we scored the go-ahead goal with three minutes to go. So, yep, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to win. Well, Somebody forgot to tell the goalie that there's still two minutes left in the game because uh, we ended up losing it. Uh, they scored the, the game winning goal with 23 seconds to go. So it's pretty bad when you feel like you played really good, your, your best game, but you give up five goals. Um, how does that even happen? Yeah, I don't uh, have an answer to that one. I guess you just got to work on your uh, your set your downfalls. In the last two minutes of the game. Yeah, maybe it's a mental thing. Sounds like, uh, kind of sounds like the wings, doesn't it? Start making no, not... Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was, uh, no, we'll get to the wings. The wings have been all right. But they have, haven't they struggled in the last few minutes of the game period, or is I'm, I'm thinking of somebody no, else? No, that's the, the wings of last year. They used to do that constantly where it was, you know, they'd get down by a little bit and they just, they couldn't rally. I mean, it would just, teams would explode on the Red Wings in that third period. This year is a lot different. They're fighting through. So, yeah, last year's team would be a good comparison. This year, not so much, at least in my opinion. But I have nothing else going, you know, for me. Um, yeah, same old boring rant and run here. I don't really have a whole lot going on in my world. I'm just <gasps> living the day by day, doing doing the family thing, which gets daunting, but it's enjoyable. Plus, what about what about Brian? 
Anything on the Buffalo Brian side? Lots of games this week, lots of losses, you know, same old Buffalo. Yeah, well, well let's let's get into the hockey stuff. Who wants to start with some recaps? Let's start with Buffalo. <laughs> All right. So, first game, we had four games this week, big or a lot of games. Starting with uh, Minnesota, full house. I haven't seen it that packed in uh, many, many years. Um, even when, unless it's an RJ night or something like that, they don't usually, they haven't been filling the house up that much in a long yeah, time. Yeah, I was, I was going to make a comment about that. I feel, I, I feel like this, the fans are starting to come back to Buffalo. They are, um, slowly, but. After this past just, week, I don't know if they will anymore. Yeah, I'm sure they're, they're going to hit their downfalls, but I just feel like they've really had—I don't know—it feels like there's a little bit more of a electrified feeling when I've watched when I've watched some of the games. I could be wrong. Next week, Thursday, out. All right, then they uh, had a six-five win in overtime. Victor Olsen with a game-winning overtime goal for his second goal of the night with 19 seconds left in overtime. Tage Thompson, Rasmus Dahlin scored. Tage Thompson scored a goal. Rasmus Dahlin scored two. And Cousins scored the other goal. Just Dahlin names had it's, a, it's, it's crazy, these guys. that Tage Thompson, I just can't get over him. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're fine. Uh, Rasmus Dahlin had a five-point game. First five-point game, and I can't remember how long, but he's uh, up there with some big names for five-point defenseman. Five-point game by defenseman. Um, moving on. So they won that game. I got that one correct. Moving on to the Philly game. I said they were going to win this game, but they forgot to show up uh -oh. to the game. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was a bad game. Probably one of the worst efforts I've ever seen. I've got nothing to say about it because nothing happened. They lost 4 nothing. They left Anderson out the dry. Um, that's about all I have to say about that game. Hopefully they can forget about it. Yeah, I will say, a though. Team, you're going to have your ups and downs with a young team. I mean, you fi you're finally in a rebuild, so it's, it's, it's good that you're upset at a loss like this. And I just feel like five years ago, if this same loss happened, you, you you don't you don't complain about it as much. But it now that you've got some exciting thing. hockey, it's it's a lot different now. But they're yeah. young. They're young. They'll be all right. Well, this was the first game of a three-game losing streak that we're on currently. So um, <clears throat> I will say this was Monday after the Bills uh, game. So maybe they never showed up because they were still uh, – Feeling it after the game. I mean, I mean, I know I was, so maybe that's why they didn't show up. But moving on, Seattle cracking team in on Tuesday. They had a little better effort. Still lost four to three. Comrie had his first game in two months. Um, it was supposed to be UPL and goal, but he became sick that day, so they sent him down. Paper, they sent him down on paper to the minors, but he's stayed in Buffalo. Um, two goals from Tuck and one from Darlene. Like I said, a little better effort, but they still lost. I got that one correct. 
I was actually three for four in the week, and I predicted a loss but you also, versus the Jets, which happened. Yeah, but, I mean, with Seattle, like, that game, Seattle's one of the hottest teams in the NHL oh, yeah. right now. They just I beat mean, Boston. Yeah, they just beat Boston at home. They're the first team to beat Boston in Boston this season, which is yep. unbelievable. But Seattle is a hot team. And the, yeah, they, the Sabres hung with them. I mean, they hung with them. It wasn't. It wasn't a blowout. It wasn't a lopsided loss. No, no. It was. It was a four-three game against one of the best teams in the NHL. I mean, that's that's a pretty good marking, you know, measuring stick for you guys. Yeah, I mean, they still haven't beaten the Kraken since the Krakens came into the league, so they have to figure How that out. How many more times do they play them? Under- I'm gonna look that up quick. This no, uh, just this one. They're in the other conference, right? Do yeah. They play them? Yes, it should be should be only two oh, times. Yeah they, already, they already play, yeah, they already played them twice. Yep. Um. Then moving on to the Jets last night. Slow start, I think. I missed the first period. It was one nothing after one. One nothing Jets after one. Uh, second period. Victor Olsen with a goal to make it 1-1, but then two minutes later, Winnipeg scored to go up 2-1. Third period, uh, Yost scored to tie it up 2-2, but again a few minutes later, Winnipeg scored again to take the lead, and then they buried empty netters, 13 seconds left to win 4-2. UPL made the start, his first loss in I think six or seven games. So, I mean, he was playing well, just hit a hot team, unfortunately, after being sick. So maybe he was still feeling the sickness that he had the day before. I don't know. But the game, for what I saw, they played well. Just They started slow and couldn't catch up. Well, Winnipeg's not the team to start slow against. Uh, yeah. Definitely, they're, they're, they're another hot team. And they got good goaltending, so. Um. But the uh, Ron was questioning the Tage Thompson goal sign last week, so um, just want to give a little sample of what it, what what it is. I'm sure he'll recognize it. You didn't know that song, Ron? Man, that was long. I just said, God, that was a sample? It was like the whole whole damn song. Well, it was his goal song. I was like, I just said, I was like, damn, that's awful. Well, that's pretty long. I don't know how long they play that thing. No, I, I didn't know. I didn't know that was his goal song. Um, but is there a story on it? Like, why Why did he choose that song? He had a different one last year. I can't remember what it was. I saw it, but I don't remember no, what it was. The background of any of their songs. See, now that would they be interesting. Interesting. That would be interesting to get somebody. I mean, even even a fourth liner on the Sabers 
um, you know, a journeyman that travels between Rochester and Buffalo to get them on the show and ask them these questions. I think it would be fun and interesting to see why guys are picking these. I think we make it a goal to do that. All right, so I guess we can hop into the wings recaps. Now, just now, Dan, you're usually usually my secretary on these types of things. Um, what did I go last week? Did you, do you remember? Did you mark it down? Because I never do, and I'm going to start. But my win-loss predictions? Uh, you had a win, a loss, and a win. Ah, see, I still went two for three, but I got two of the two of the games wrong. Uh oh. You know, they they played Toronto and they just they got, you know, the first period was was all right. The first period was actually, you know, it swung in Detroit's favor. Jake Wallman had another goal. I mean, Detroit's getting a lot of defense. He he's a defenseman. He, they're getting a lot of offense out of their defensemen, and Wallman just you know. Oh, hold on. Uh, wait a minute. Uh, they, Detroit they played Toronto. Oh, it didn't get updated. That was, la- that, that was last week's win loss win. Um, I didn't write. I had it. Let's just Ottawa, New Jersey, oh. Florida. We we never updated that. I, we'll have to go back and listen. But I think I went loss win win, which is what happened. And I'm not saying that because that's what happened. I think if my memory serves me correct, that's what I went with. Um, but anyway, you know, playing Toronto. They, they got out to a fast start. They competed. They matched their energy. Um, you know, and, and Wallman, who is a defenseman, is just content. We'll get into him, he, but he just keeps putting points on the board, and he's playing phenomenal hockey. But after the first period, they had a one nothing lead, and the wings just didn't show up. They were flat-footed, uh, passing out of sorts. It just wasn't, it wasn't a good look for the wings. They just they didn't seem like they – didn't even seem like they sh- they showed up to even play, uh, but they they did all right. I mean, they they com- they they were consistent, just consistently not good. Um, so that game was a loss. They, they dropped that four to one. Uh, then they go on a two game home street home stand here, and they played Winnipeg, and this was a high scoring game. There's actually a lot more goals in it than I thought, and the Wings dropped seven. And a name that I just brought up, Jake Wallman, opened the scoring again in um, against Winnipeg. So Wallman's got four on the season, and he got his – so Sider had his assist on, on Wallman's goal. But he just – Wallman is coming out, and he's putting himself in he, – he reminds me of a less skilled Makar. And and what I mean by that, and I'm not I'm not comparing you know apples to Porsches. What I'm trying to say is the style of game that they play are very similar. You don't see a lot of defensemen who can transition into the offensive role and look the position and look like they're supposed to be there on on offense. You can usually look at a defenseman and say, yeah, that's that's a defenseman. They're not their hands aren't that amazing. Uh, they're big bodied, don't move as well. Um. But Jake Wallman, he gets right in there. He's not afraid to jump right up into the offensive zone. He plays a phenomenal two-way game, and that's that's why he's found you know he's found a place in Detroit. And I think he's going to be here. I think they're going to keep him up here. Uh, just everything that I'm reading, and and how can you not be happy with that? I mean, you have Hronik who's putting tons of goals up. You've got Wallman who's now hitting his stride. Young, young players, uh, which is awesome. Um, first period. Five goal or four goals scored. Wallman, Bergeron, 
Jonathan Berger and Johnny Burgers is playing good hockey. And the Red Wings, obviously, you know, everyone knows Verona's down in, in the AHL. But Johnny Burgers has proven to Lalonde, he's proven to Eiserman, obviously, that he can hang and play in this league. He's playing great hockey. He's just, he's involved in the plays. His hands are great. He plays good defense. Um, he's excellent vision. I mean, he sees the play like you can't see it. I mean, it's just, he, he, he watches it develop. And, and he's a rookie. It's his first season. So I'm excited about that. Um, but then Sunquist nets another one, kind of a dirty goal out front. That's where he gets all his goals from. Um, Kubelik and Larkin, you know, they're finally starting to come in and find their, you know, starting to come in and find their, uh, you know, find their place as they, they, they went on a little bit of a slump. I mean, Larkin's only got 14 goals right now. Um, you know, but uh, another bright spot, Robbie Fabry, four games back, two goals, two assists. He's having a heck of a, you know, a heck of an argument to stay in Detroit. So that's that's another one. So seven five wings take that game, uh, much needed win. So kind of broke their their long losing skid of. I guess this one wasn't that long. It was only three games, but now we come back to Detroit for you know Dad's weekend for Toronto. Thanks D Law for providing that update. <laughs> <laughs> It was kind of funny, but the one thing I'm going to, I'm going to give the Toronto fans some kudos because I would say a good quarter to more of little Caesars arena was blue. And I know that they've always had a rivalry. It's always like that when Detroit plays Toronto, but I just continue to watch every game that happens in Detroit against Toronto and their fans are incredible. I mean, it's just like Detroit when they used to travel places, when they were an excellent team, you get your fans there. You hear your "Let's go Red Wings" in the crowd, um, but you know it was, it was a fun hockey game. Uh, Detroit came out, and you know after two periods, you had Raymond netting a, a nice, you know, shot came in, deflected right over to Raymond from Bergeron and Larkin. It was just it was a great play. Fabry, same thing, um, you know, just got himself in the right position, found himself in the open. And Bergeron was able to slide it across, and, and Fabry buried it. He's He's got a hot hand right now. I'm excited to see what Fabry's going to continue to bring. And, um, you know, Sherratt and Sider each each get a goal. Now, Moe's goal, I, I almost thought that it was deflected out front. And I can't remember who was in front of him. But the shot comes in. Her pass comes across, and it was just a, a snipe from the blue line. Top left corner, right over, I, I think it was his blocker. And Samsonov just, there's nothing he was going to do about it. But the Wings came out. They had a, they played good, solid hockey for 60 minutes. They didn't take five minutes off. They didn't take 10 minutes off. They didn't forget that there was a game going on like they had, you know, in games past. The Wings showed up. They knew that what this team could bring. There was an advantage. There was no Austin Matthews in this game. Uh, so we can put an asterisk there. I'm okay with that. But all in all, the Wings came out, and they played good hockey, solid good hockey for 60 minutes. They came out with a 4-1 win. So Wings are, are starting to find their way again. I know Lalone mixed up the, the lines a little bit, and it's all working. It's coming together. So 
you know, I'm excited to uh, to see what they can do. But, you know, that's what I got well, for the wings. Let's kick it over to Well, I, I hope the Predators had something to do with that uh, uh, win for Detroit and Toronto. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> but um, just before before we get into the Predators, I just want to uh, have a little – if you have a fantasy uh, hockey team, you might want to think about picking up uh, – um, Oh, I forgot to set my lineup. What's his name now? The Detroit. Did you, you just talking? What's Wallman. 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 I can't believe I blanked on that. Wallman. You pick pick up Jake Wallman. His name is Jake, right? Yeah, it's either Jake Wallman or Booger McFarland. No, it's not McFarland. I don't know who he is. Oh, yeah, I think he's on ESP. He's a football guy. Well, anyway, uh, so I just the love that name Booger. <laughs> So I just don't, I mean, is that his real name? Like, I'm not making fun of the guy. Like, I just, think, I kind of, I, I kind of feel bad for him. I mean, going through school, the name Booger. Yeah, I don't think it is. I'm going to call you Booger Lawless. Booger mm. Lawless. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, the Preds, uh, they continue their road trip, their five-game road trip. Um, it's been pretty good so far. They're, they were 2-0 two, two coming off that Carolina and Washington win. And they go to Ottawa. Um, and before the game, and I know this is probably overdone. Every, every player does it. And there there were quite a few Preds fans in Ottawa. Uh, but Saros, before the game, flipped the puck over to, to a fan. Uh, so I just thought that was kind of neat. Um, but the Preds are coming into this game. They were 4-0-1. So they're starting to turn, turn it around. Um, they actually, and, you know, I was talking about how what their identity is and stuff like that and I, I know they've always been an offensive team you know now they're 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 a big team they're a physical team uh they're fourth in the nhl with 29 hits per game so and they came out it's just hard i i i, I hate to interrupt you. I'm, I'm terrible at that and you you both know that um and it's just that I can't keep a thought long enough. But I'm just you're wondering what, what your thoughts are. Yeah, I know, I know. But what are your thoughts on, I mean, the Preds don't have, I mean, they're not a phenomenal team. They never have been, really. Well, well I mean, they're not a phenomenal team. They just team. never had that elite player. This other year, than they're, not, they're not a great team this year. This year, they're just plain old average Predators. They're not blowing anything out they're not going on these huge long win streaks um you know at least not yet but we're getting later in the season like we're running out of time here do you think maybe going to that big physical body style of hockey maybe that shouldn't be their identity well apparently they've been like that for well at least this season um I think well, they probably tried. About I, I tried that. Well, I I don't know, but surprisingly, uh, I know we'll get to this a little bit later in the show. But um, that Preds do have nineteen wins. So I'm not sure. It doesn't doesn't seem like you know. It seems like we've been just talking on the harping on the losses, harping harping on the losses. They actually have less losses in Buffalo. They got they they got one less one less win. We'll, we'll we'll get to that later. But um, you've been harping on it, not us. You have been. Well, maybe that's because I'm used to them winning all the time. But 
So anyway, uh, but they, I mean, before this little win streak, uh, they probably were under 500. Um, but so, you know, Yossi, he gets his 150th goal. Um, it was a nice goal. It was a two-on-one um, from an uh, Ottawa turnover. Uh, and it was uh, Niederreiter who gave him the, the nice little pass. And when scoring, when the Predators score first, they are 14-5-5. Five, and five. So they definitely have are a team that have to score first. Uh, that was Yossi's 10th goal of the season. And then uh, I originally thought Janot had scored, and he's been in quite a funk. And even the announcers, um, I was, it was on NHL Network, uh, and they had the Ottawa feed because they're the home team. And so it was kind of interesting, actually, to hear some of their thoughts. Um, they weren't as bad as I thought, as far as the announcers. Um, but they were, they were, they've been, they were really talking about how Juno was in a, in a funk this year too. Um, but, uh, it's a sophomore slump. Well, technically he's not a sophomore, but then again, neither is bunting. Um, but anyway, uh, I supposedly, I thought he had scored, uh, you know, from behind the net, little wraparound, um, 36, 32 seconds after Yossi had scored, but it actually hit uh, Jeremy Lausanne, who's a defenseman. He was in front of that, not I don't know how, because he's a defenseman. Um, but he uh, he got the credit because it hit off of his skate. I mean, it wasn't he. It wasn't a kicking motion at all. He was just he stopped. He was, his feet wasn't moving at all. So there wasn't even a question. Um, but it hit off a of his skate, and it actually hit off the goalie and in. So they're they're finally getting those bounces. Now let uh, me ask you a question, D-Law, just for my own sake. What are your thoughts if a player kicks the puck and it bounces off an opposing player and goes in? What do you think? Well, if he intentionally kicked it, as long as it doesn't go directly in, it should it should count. It doesn't. Well, it should. I'm just telling you, that happened against Detroit. I can't remember the guy's name. It's one of their rookies. It was the first goal he had scored. He had kind of, you know, he put his foot out to stop. The puck was coming, and he slid and kicked with his back foot the other puck, and I think it went off a Rasmussen and into the net. And everyone thought it was a goal because it wasn't kicked directly into the net. And the refs came back and they said, nope, no goal. All the analysts, everyone jumped onto the show and they said, hey, if there's a kicking motion and it goes off of any player, then it's a no goal. But I believe, if I am if I remember this correctly, I should have written this down. I think they had said that if the player kicks it and it bounces off his own player, then it's a deflection, and it would be a good goal. I have to look that up, but I'm pretty sure that's what they had said. But just, well, I, I just wanted to share that. I just thought that was interesting because it was off of their own team. But I don't. That that just doesn't sound. It doesn't even make sense. Uh, did they change that rule? I don't know. They disallowed the goal. They called it back and said it was over. So, uh, so that you know, Predators came out flying. You know, they had that two nothing lead, but then of course they always don't. Nothing comes easy for them. Ottawa got back into the game. 
Um, but they, well, they actually uh, they scored, but they actually reviewed the goal. But they, they called that uh, it was offside, so that that came that was a no goal. So they keep two nothing lead. Uh, but you know, I, once again, you know, Ottawa, you know, uh, they outplayed the Predators in the first period, and that's that's something that the Predators, you know, they've had a hard time with all all year is getting outplayed by their team. And um, but then uh, Duchesne scored to make it three to nothing early in the second. Um, but then again, there's another uh, challenge. Um, this uh, this again. This one was called back uh, for offside, and it was you know this is the second period, and the funny thing, it was in the same exact spot as the Ottawa offside. So, um, so they both get they both get no goals for offsides. Um, when Ottawa, they are one four and two when they have a three plus goal loss, um, which I believe they had come, they had just lost uh, big coming uh before they played the predators uh i don't know who it was i don't know if it was seattle or who it was but um uh just wanted to throw that out uh, i know this is a predators thing but um but then uh you know as you know you know he's struggling uh but he's still doing what he ha- has to do he he got into a fight with uh caustic from for Ottawa, and I mean it was wasn't even close. I mean he just popped. they both got a couple of good hits in, but Jeannot pretty much won that fight. Um, and then um, the Preds uh, they kind of dominated in the second period. Um, uh, and then Forsberg for this time for real they went ahead three to nothing, and that was his sixteenth. And then um, Ottawa started to carry the play. And the, the, the shots the, uh, were 38-36 Ottawa. So, I mean, if you look at the shots, you don't look, it doesn't look like they got outplayed. But for the most part, they did. Uh, you know, and, and obviously, uh, they had four straight wins coming into this. Um, this was Saros' first shutout uh, season. And he had 102 saves the last two games. Um so, moving on to Toronto. When is when is Nashville going to get some defense? Oh, that's something they've always had, but I don't know. No, Hines since Hines took over. I mean, Christ, a hundred and two shots in two games. Hundred and two saves. Hundred and two saves. Right. Okay. It's two saves that two games that he's played. Right. But one of one game was like sixty five or something. Does it, that's even worse. We talked about that last show, but I mean, for crying out loud, what? How do, how are they allowed to get that many shots? That's my question. Well, they're supposed to be a physical physical team, so I guess they weren't too physical that game. So they move on to Toronto. They're putting the four and zero record on, and and pretty good. You know, they're undefeated in this road trip. Well, I guess something's had to change, and uh, Toronto had a rookie start. Uh, incidentally, his number is the same number as mine, number seventy-four. Um, he had his first NHL start, and, he, and of course, they like all like all rookies do. He had his rookie skate. Comes out all alone, um, but you know, 
Um, Michael Bunting, you know, we talked about him. Seems like every every week or at least last season. Um, Did he have another rookie skate? No, but he maybe <laughs> he might as well have because he lost a sick twice in one shift. Yeah, I don't know how. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, as I was saying earlier um, in the Ottawa recap, you know, Janot. Uh, is on a street. Uh, is on a, a little funk. He's got no goals in 31 games. So you know, one of these days, he's just going to keep shooting, and it's gonna, it's going to come bouncing off somebody. And is I think bunting. Uh, as you know. Oh, as you know. Um, but you know, as you, they call as you know for penalty, but it it looked like a the I don't remember. I can't remember who it was. Now one of the least the Leaf players. It looked like he kind of not like a dive. I don't. It, you know, definitely wasn't a, a diving penalty. But he he let's just say he went down awful easy for an NHL player. Now in a beer league, yeah, because they just you know players just fall. Just you breathe at them and they fall unless they're superstars but you know an NHL player you know he went down awful easy in my opinion um uh but then uh you know it's Marner he hooked Yossi um as, as Yossi is crossing the blue line with the puck and there was no call on him um I don't know if it's because they're in Toronto I don't know maybe I don't want to get into the refs um but I want to mention, um, and, and the Predators power play is 28th in the NHL, which is basically dead last. It's 32 teams. Um, but they use four forwards on the power play. Um, maybe that's why they're almost dead last in the power play. Maybe because they use up, maybe because they're using four power, four forwards on the power play. I, 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 I couldn't, I was trying to look it up. I didn't, couldn't really see anything, but I want to know. I'd like to know all these teams that you that use four forwards, what their power play rankings are. I bet you they're down near the bottom. I'd like to see a top power play that uses four forwards. I don't know. I just don't think. I mean, with the with the defensive, you know, and every team's got some great offensive defensemen. Look at Cal McCarr. So I mean. You load up your defensemen on the power play unit. You know, two you know, two great offensive defensemen, along with your three top forwards uh, on the first power play line, and you get you don't have to worry about you know a shorthand. You, you got a match though because that's that's when you're going to start running into shorthanded goals allowed. Well, you do if you four forwards at least with two 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 defensemen like that. At least they're defensemen. They know. You know they know more, you know, defensive than a forward would be back there. And a lot of times the forward will miss the puck when they tr- pass it back to the blue line. So I just, I, I just want to, you know, I didn't want to get into too much. I just want to bring that out. Um, but once again, you know, the Preds are trailing um, after one, uh, one nothing, and and all this game was on TNT. This was the game before. Uh, Detroit and Toronto. In fact, I think it was a day before. So Toronto had that was uh, their back to back. It was in Toronto or in Detroit. But the TNT announcers, I don't know. Maybe it was just me, but it seemed like they were all Toronto. I know it was Eddie 
Eddie Olchek was one, and I know he used to play for Toronto. But it didn't seem like they were talking anything, anything good about Nashville. I mean, obviously, there's not really much, you know, positive. Although the last four games, there has been some positive, obviously, because they won. But I don't know. Maybe that – I don't know if that's – if you've went, you know, encountered that with TNT or not? Oh yeah, I did. The game against Detroit was the same thing. Um, they kept praising the crowd, praising the crowd, talking about you know how much better they are with with Austin Matthews, which you know I somewhat don't disagree. But that was a whole game, and if you noticed, I've only talked about Toronto. But I'm not, you know, I don't, I try not to pick up on that stuff because every once in a while, as soon as I start thinking, oh man, these guys are only talking about this one team. It's ridiculous. You know, then they throw a plug in there about, oh, but Dylan Larkin, you know, he's doing this and this and this. So, but yeah, I have noticed that, that these guys, they have their favorites. Um, And I know Steve Levy doesn't pick up here. He doesn't listen to this show. Um, But That we know of. That we know of. Good point. Good point. Uh-oh. Shout yep. out to Steve. Thanks for yep. listening. Thanks for listening, Steve. But I did catch up on his snafu. Uh, and I don't know if anyone else did, but he, he they were talking that goal that I described where they kicked the puck in, the, the ref said, nope, no goal. He had said, well, the referee saw something they didn't like, and back to New York they went. They go to Toronto. They don't go to New York. Football's New York. So I just I picked well. up on that. He's used to Toronto. I mean, uh, football. So, now you- <laughs> yeah, no. I was just again, again. If you want to come on and and, <laughs> and tell us, we got a good job catching you on that. So, um, you know, and then you know the rest. They missed on penalty and bunting. Um, he was. Um, it was on. Um, he took down Duchesne, tripped Duchesne, and uh, just as the second period expired, I think there was like two seconds left. You'll never and call du- that. Duchesne was like, he was livid. He actually talked to the ref in between periods. Um, not to, to good do anything. But um, speaking of bunting, he lost a stick again in the second period. That's three times in the, in the same game. It's like, does he need little uh, mittens or whatever those things are called? That little tiger and mittens. Little yeah, he water. needs mittens. Whatever those things are called, the hot little, little knit mittens. Yeah, he needs. Nah, not mittens. Not mittens. Just give the guy an oven mitt. Not mittens. Those things that I go on them that keep your for little kids to keep their little mittens straps. On. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. They should never, tie him to his wrist. I, I never had inside. those. Yeah, maybe they should. You, you had the full leash, <laughs> didn't you? The, you had the book bag leash. No. So anyway, you know. Come on, um, man. Come on, d Get over here. I mentioned how the I mentioned how the Predators were. Uh, you know, they were four zero and one. Their last, uh, you know, coming into this game, uh, coming into the Ottawa game, uh, the last ten games uh, coming into the Toronto game, they were seven one and two. Um, well, now there was two, um, but you know. Stick into the to the no calls. Uh, Nylander high sticked Lazan, and there was no call. Um, but um, you know the Predators. And I mean, I suppose it could have been worse. You know, they they only lost two to one. 
Uh, Toronto's a high-flying, but, you know, Toronto didn't have Matthews for this game, so I don't know what's going on with Matthews. So, he, you know, he's been – that's two game, two in a row that he's been out. Um, so – Arizona. Yeah, but the Preds' PK is just, um, you know, that that one of the Toronto goals – or actually, I think both the goals were power play. Um, it's just – they're – the the penalty killing was actually not bad until the Toronto game, um, but you know I, I guess I mean it's a loss, but it's a two to one loss. I mean I guess you know no losses are good, but to only lose two to one, and I think um, the only reason why it was two to one is because Saros was in that. But then they move on to Montreal, you know, back-to-back situations. Um, in Montreal, they just beat Montreal in Nashville like a week before. Um, so, I mean, I guess they had to give Saros a rest, and why not do it against a team that's struggling? Um, uh, so they played Askarov, um, they, which was the Predators' 11th pick in 2020. Uh, don't think he's too... I don't think he's ready for the NHL yet. I mean, he did play. He did make some good saves, but you know they end up losing. Um, but this was his first start, and you know, he did his uh, usual, you know, the the rookie lap, as as a, you know, if you want to call it that. You know, it's easy for goalies because goalies usually go out on the ice first anyway. So you know, it. It, it, at least, you know, when you're forward or something, you know, and you're coming out first, it's like, wait a minute, the goal usually goes first. Um, but anyway, you know, Askarov, um, he, uh, he was, he made the AHL All-Star game, his first uh, appearance. Uh, he leads the AHL and wins with 13 shutouts with two. It's actually tied. Uh, and minutes played with 1,285 minutes and 47 seconds, and he actually has three assists. And uh, his save percentage in the NHL is 905 with a 2.17 in 22 appearances. So he's not doing too bad in the NHL, but, you know, NHL is a whole different animal. Um, Niederreiter gets on the board first with his 13th, uh, but then Montreal scored two goals in a minute and 38 seconds to take a 2-1 lead. And then, you know, Forsberg eventually, he tied it up with his 18th, but then uh, they forget about Cole Caulfield, and I don't know how you could forget about him because he's probably one of their best skaters. Um, but he scored two two goals on the power play, uh, one in the second and one in the third, to give him a 4-2 lead, and that pretty much wraps that up. Uh, but Parson did score late. Um, to get to 4-3. Uh, shots on goal for this. Uh, the Predators actually outshot him 4-2-35, but the, the, the parts that I've seen, uh, Montreal was actually kind of outplaying him. Uh, you know, and, you know, Duchesne, Duchesne got a high stick uh, in the face by Edmondson, and I don't know how they didn't call that. So I don't know if it was the same rest as in Toronto or not, or maybe because it was Montreal. But um, I just want to touch on something. You know how PK Subban, uh, you know he he was a Montreal Canadian for you know I think he was drafted there and 
played there for years, and then you know that big trade that signed to Nashville for Weber. Um, so it was kind of interesting. I think they had that planned. Uh, they uh, Montreal had honored PK Subban before the game, um, so I'm thinking they probably did that. Uh, you know, against Nashville to, because of that. So, so it was just nice to see um, see him get honored. Um, I don't think they. I don't think they uh, retired his number yet. Might someday. Um, so that's uh, that's my recaps. I see. I pre- I was. Uh, oh God! Well, I predicted the fur. Well, actually, I was two for three because I said they're going to beat Ottawa. I said they're going to lose to Toronto, but I thought they're going to beat Montreal. But I also didn't know they were going to play Askarov. Um, not sure if they, why Lankinen, I don't know if he's injured. I haven't heard anything about him. Um, maybe they just decided to play as, you know, give ask, ask off a start. So I guess my, uh, my predictions weren't too bad. So I guess, um, what do I win? Who are you talking about for the power play? And have four forwards. What team? Well, Nashville does, but I'm just wondering, you know, who, oh, I don't know what uh, what other teams do that. The Sabers are fifth in the league with 27.7 percent, and they do it. So, I well, don't know about the top four teams. They also don't give the puck up. The number five teams. They also don't pick. They also don't give the puck up, and when they're on the power play, because it's kind of hard when they because they usually, they usually score right up. Or, Early in the power play, twenty-seven percent of the time. That's it. Well, actually, yeah, I guess that's pretty good because in my in my NHL twenty-three, we're like thirty-some percent, and we're in like number two. But that's fantasy. So the Oilers are thirty-one percent. I know Brian. Um, I know Brian kind of um, touched on this last last uh, week about All Star. Uh, voting and I tried to vote and I actually was trying it on my phone and I I couldn't I was like what the heck is going on I had to do it on my iPad and you drag and drop and the players that I had mentioned last week were are actually in there so you can't vote for them so you so you had to vote for you get you got to fill out the rosters with other players I eventually did get vote, but man, it was just a pain in the butt, and I couldn't do it on my phone, which I I don't understand. So I just want to throw that out. But I I just want to throw out just a couple injury notes. Uh, Evander Kane uh, could could return at the end of January. Uh, He's been out for how long now? A few months now? What? He's returning Evan- tomorrow, and he's out. No, Evander Kane. Oh, Evander Kane. Yeah, um, you know, and Adam Pellich from the, I believe, the Islanders. He's he's starting to skate on his own, and uh, Bowen Byron. He's skated for the first time. Bowen. Bowen Byron. Oh, okay. <laughs> Did you get it right this year? <laughs> I got it right last year too. No, you didn't. Oh, and then another, uh, I I just want to throw this out before we get into some more injury notes. Um, on Monday there was four games and three of them were shutouts. 
I think one was the Philadelphia, and I think uh, Nashville against Ottawa, and I don't remember who the other one was. But um, returning to the injuries, um, uh, Stone, it seems like he's got the injury bug for Vegas. Um, he's uh, he's week to week. Um, and they, you know, usually, usually it's day to day, but it says he's week to week. Any more injuries? I know they, Chicago put Pat. Patrick Kane, there's another Kane, uh, and IR, but it, it was retroactive to January 3rd, so not sure, back tomorrow, so not sure why they would put him on IR for one day, so I don't know, I guess it's, I don't know if it's a contract thing or, you know, a salary cap thing or what, no, kind of like Vegas. Yeah. Uh, any more injuries? I, that's all I, I got. I, I don't think I, there are any more. Um, Knock on wood, the Sabres are pretty healthy. Uh, uh, have you seen Connor McDavid's socks? Not like not hockey socks, like player socks, the ones you wear in your feet and like in your shoes. I haven't checked uh, them out. Sorry. Yeah, well, no, you may. Yeah, but I don't want to get too close to them. <laughs> um, they were showing it on one of the, I think it was TNT or one of those, and. He's been wearing these socks since, uh, like, the beginning of the season. And, you know, how players are usually superstitious. And, you know, I mean, he's not giving them up. Um, but, you know, I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why uh, he would do that. Because, I mean, I know he's having a great year, but he has a great year every year. So he can, like, just change his socks and not have to worry about it because he'll still score. He's wearing but, the same pair of socks his entire career. Oh, okay. Well, the one, the one I heard on, I guess I was, I'm pretty sure I've seen it on TNT. Or maybe it was ESPN. It says here, here's um, what somebody tweeted. Cause they, the I thought they. Sportsnet, Connor McDavid has been wearing the same pair of crusty, rotting socks for his entire career. The company stopped producing this specific kind of sock years ago, and McDavid refuses to try another kind. Uh oh. So maybe it's not. Maybe it's maybe it's not superstition for him. Oh, well, I guess TNT, because from what I, I think it was TNT, I, it might have been ESPN, but I, you know, I don't want to, you know, not that I'm trying to advertise for them, but um, they, I got the impression that they were saying it was, he's, he's more for the season, not his whole career. And they didn't, and I didn't even hear that story about them not making it. Um, so I don't know, maybe I, maybe I missed half the story or, but I, I was watching the game. It was in between periods when they were talking about it. So it was uh, our old buddy, I think, talking about that, or well, actually the whole panel. But um, and I know um, Ron just loves talking about Arizona and the whole arena friggin' debacle and everything, but I have a little... I'm done up talking about it. There's no more to talk about. It's an embarrassment. Yeah, well, I have a little update and, and it's, it's. I mean, some of it's kind of funny. It sounded disappointing for a second. 
Um, so the new arena proposal is it's a two point one billion dollar district plan. Sounds like something kind of like uh, Columbus, you know, maybe uh, Vegas. Like they're all doing that now. Um, but uh, the Tempe Council, which is where it's going to be, Tempe, Arizona, and I believe that's where they're playing now at the Arizona State University. Um, now, here's a question. Has Arizona even sold out a game this year? Well, with 5,000, I would think they would. It's pretty, pretty easy. I still want to know if they have sold out this year at all. Because they were having issues well before this whole Arizona State nonsense started. They could not get anyone to come to games. Nobody wanted to be there. So what do they well, what what is the NHL gonna do differently to bring hockey to Arizona? I mean Batman is is will not relinquish it to any other city and it doesn't make sense to me. Because well, there's Dallas or um, not Dallas, but Texas could use another team. Um, Minnesota, they could use a team. Well, there you got one. Not, 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 not the Wild, not Minnesota, but the the state. Like hockey's big in other areas of the country that they could fall in the same division or, or near the same division. So I don't know why. And actually, I think I read that Idaho has one of the biggest hockey. Uh, followings in the country. I'm not kidding. I'm dead serious. So anyway, uh, the Tempe Council voted 7-0 on November 10th uh, to allow the um, uh, the, the, to to go to vote on the project. Um, in a special election, which would be on May 16th in 2023. Now, $2.1 billion would be private funds by the Coyotes. Not sure who owns it. Um, not sure how they got that kind of money. But they're saying it's not going to raise taxes. They're not going to get any public money. Uh, don't know how they're going to come up with that kind of money. Um, obviously, it's going to come over uh, you know, several years. Uh, but the interesting thing is it's a 46-acre site, and this site, <laughs> this is kind of ironic, it's been used as a landfill. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Which, you know, obviously it would have to require uh, some remediation uh, before. Trash attracts trash. So I guess when you say the dumpster fire, that's they can really be, you know, really, really dumpster. Uh oh. And uh, so Batman, and and you, you know, uh, reiterate what you were talking about, what he's has in store for Arizona. He said that if uh, they um, get this new arena, they would get an NHL draft and an All Star game. And it would have to have a 30-year no relocation term. Now, some details of this arena. Um, it would be a 16,000-seat arena with a practice rink, two hotels and retail shops, 1,600 apartments. And, and remind you, this is over underneath a flight path. It's like right next door to the air, airport. 
which some of the residents or some some of the proponents have been complaining about, you know, that, you know, right underneath the flight path. And it also would include a theater and a sports book. So I guess they're going to be like Vegas and start betting on their teams. How much money is the NHL ponying up for this? Because Batman won't let well, it. That's it's my question. Well, maybe that's where those private funds are coming from. Because this is not a small project. I mean, everything you just stated is going to be billions of dollars, which you said. I believe you said exactly what it was, right? $2.1 billion. $2.1 billion for this. I mean, that's just absurd. And then Batman has to guarantee for 30 years. I mean, just think, Detroit, an original six team. Now, we're going back to the, the 80s, you know, the late 70s, 80s, the Dead Wing era. Now, you're going to take Arizona. Let's say they, they tank and continue to tank, and they're not very good, and they stay not very good for several years. That state, that arena is just going to rot. Nobody's going to be in the stands, and now you're committed for 30 years. That just that doesn't seem like a good business plan for Gary Bettman on this side. Well, maybe they'll come back, though. I don't know. Um I guess we'll have to wait and see and what happens in the next few months. And, you know, um, like I get it. It's not my decision, but for, for crying out loud, we'll, man, we'll see if they even have a, see if they had that, were able to get that vote. I think I've seen they have to get so many signatures or something to get a vote. But, you know, it sounds like, you know, the council's behind it. You know, they voted unanimous, but you know, obviously they'll, they'll probably get the required, uh, Signatures to to get it to that vote in May. I'm 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 sure they will. I don't. I, I think it was only like twenty five hundred. So that's even if you only get you know they're getting five thousand. They're in a five thousand seat arena now. Even if they get half that at their stadium and in the half and all those people, you know, like the Coyotes and they get you know they probably have something set up in in that arena to to sign. I don't know how that works. Um, you know, like a petition. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see come May and see what happens. I mean, obviously, it's, it's, you know, this arena's, you know, they got to do a lot of work to get before construction uh, to begin with. And then you know, I, the only good thing with Arizona is, you know, they can do construction all year round because then think it doesn't get below 60 there in the winter. See, here's, here's the thing. The the Coyotes they died with with Shane Doan. He still has something to do with it with the team though. I don't yeah, know. Or, he, oh, I, mean, I think he's a broadcaster now. But when he left, that that whole franchise just went went to hell in a handbasket. But yeah, that's that's too bad. That's it's a shame that anyone's got to be put in a position where you've got this hot pile of garbage, and you have to take him and say, "Man, no pun intended." No, and I mean, I'm not ripping the players. I mean, they're out there giving their all. I I actually respect the players for playing through this nonsense. Um, it's all a distraction to these guys. I mean, you're playing in a college arena. Like, can you imagine? And it's not even a nicer. Like, let's look, think about like Wisconsin or or Michigan. You're playing in these arenas for years and years, and you're like, man, I just hit it big. And maybe guys don't think like this because they're lining their pockets, but I would think, like, like I'm sorry, you know, I grew up playing football, and this is the only way I can equate it. I grew up playing football, 
and I play my whole career. And let's say I go to Michigan. I'm playing in the big house. It's packed. It's huge. Well, then I, I, I make it to the pros, and all of a sudden I'm playing at Buffalo University. That's my home stadium is Buffalo <laughs> University. What? Like, I would be very disappointed. It's like, man, I, I expected to come out and play in these big stadiums. And then you, you travel to these other stadiums, or in this case, in other arenas. Like, can you imagine going from a little college dinky thing with probably not very good facilities, and then you go into Ottawa, Detroit, Nashville, Buffalo, and you're playing in an actual stadium, I'd almost be embarrassed. I mean, there's got to be some kind of mental portion of this. It has to, I mean, these players got to overcome that kind of crap that they probably have better setups in other arenas than, than their own. I mean, I could be completely wrong. Maybe it's the Taj Mahal when they play, but it's just, it's got to be such a crappy feeling. I don't understand why Arizona. I mean, they're in a tough division, the Central Division, um, but they're you know they're just just above Chicago. Um, they're only like five points ahead of them. Um, but I don't understand. I know mean, the goaltending is questionable, but their goaltender Vamelka, he's got a nine hundred two save percentage. So I guess it's probably like like the Predators situation. Um, and, you know, their leader, Lawson Kraus, has 15 goals. So, you know, I don't know, you know, that's about, like, what the Predators are. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, in not 41 sh- games, they have 13 wins. Yeah, that's, that's, not- that's, that's what I'm saying. I don't know why, you know, their goaltending is not, you know, nine over 900 is really good. I think I don't. Maybe maybe I'm wrong about that. How many games has he played? He's played 31 games, 30 that starts. Way. You know, he's 11 and 15. So, but you know that you know that's kind of wow. His now this is kind of misleading. His save percentage is 902, but his goals against the 3.38. So he's given up a lot of goals per game, but he must be facing a lot of rubber too. Nine hundred. Let's see. One. Wow, that's worse than Predators. One thousand sixty-three shots against. They. That's. Oh well. Yeah, they've, Sar- got, they've got problems. And that's I- like. Wow. Saros has faced one hundred ten thirty-two. So, let's see. Yep, he's leading. Well, I guess if you want to call it leading, uh, Vamelka is leading the NHL. I, I, I guess you want to call it leading with uh, 1,063 shots against. And then you got Saros with 132 and then Hellebuck, who did not play tonight at 1,027. But Winnipeg's like the top of the league. They're they're leading the Central Division. So I guess that's that. I guess that's the, the answer. You know, look at uh, the, you know, Arizona and Nashville not having very good years, and they're giving up a lot of shots. So I guess, I guess it does come down to defense and and not not allowing a lot of shots. But um, I, I, we we've talked about the Coyotes way too long on this show. Um, 
Um, I, I don't want to, you know, you know, another Western Conference team, you know, the Canucks, I haven't really been following them lately. Um, but they seem to be pretty good at blowing multiple goal leads. I'm not sure how many they did another one, uh, this week. Um, they, I'd like to see exactly how many in the season. Um, so I guess that, you know, this probably comes down to defense again. I'm, I'm surprised that Nashville's not up there in multi, blown multi-goal leads, although although they need to lead first. Um, and then a rookie, um, I think we do we. This might be able to jump us into the rookie watch. Um, um, Maddie Beneers, he set a cracking record with a five-game goal streak. Why don't we head into the uh, rookie watch uh, as long as we're talking about Maddie Beneers? He had a good week this week. He went up uh, six points this week to 34 points on the year. Um, a lot of new names on these lists. Quick note, Jack Quinn's still on there, but he got sent down to Rochester as a paper move. So... He's currently benched along with J.J. Paterka, so their stats won't be going up anytime soon unless they get put back in the lineup. Uh, let's see. Mason McTavish has 26 points. Maselli has 22 along with Perfetti. Addison, 21. Oh. Johnson and Perf- Johnson has 18. Uh- did you update those? Perfetti had a goal and three assists tonight, so those are going to go oh. up. This is earlier. I don't know when it was updated. So Quinn Paterka and Shane Pinto have 17 points on the year. Uh, moving on to goals, Veneers with 16, Wyatt Johnson with 11, Pinto with 10, McTavish and Marshenko with 9. Kenton Johnson with eight, J.J. Paterka and Jonathan Bergeron with seven, Cole Perfetti and Jack Quinn with six, and the assist column is pretty close. Uh, Maselli is 19, Veneers with 18, along with Addison. McTavish has 17, Cole Perfetti 16, Jake Sanderson and Owen Power with 14, Noah Cates with 12, along with Juso, Parison, and Caden Gooley have 12. And, and Parsonen had a goal? Or was it? Yeah, uh, I think he had a goal. And, oh, wait, that was last night, so that was probably updated. Was that updated last night? I just updated it a few minutes ago. I'm talking about uh, Shane Wright. Who's he? Is he an NHL player? No. Not anymore, he's not. Oh. Break it. Shane Wright got sent back to the juniors. And then once he got sent back, he got traded for like 40 draft picks. Uh-oh. Uh, he got traded from the Kingston Frontenacs to the Windsor yeah, Spitfires. He was on the Kraken. Yes, he was. Not no more. Well, I mean, he is, but... Uh, oh, for two players, five picks, and two conditional picks. He was on the Kraken. Correct. What, what did he do? Make, wrong? make, making. They're making moves for uh, Tolvanen, making room for Tolvanen. Well, they haven't had a chance to put him in the lineup. That's all I got. Did you see the video? Uh, I posted it on our Discord channel. Um, Martin Nook uh, for the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, 
he got a broken stick penalty. Um, because obviously, if you play the puck with a broken stick, you get a penalty. But watching the video, his stick broke. He, I don't. At first, he didn't realize it was broke. But the but thing is, like dangling. I mean, it's hard. I mean, it looked like it, looked um, like it was broke. But it didn't even look. I mean, his stick might have touched the puck, but I don't think he really actually what played the puck. So I don't know. I don't understand why they called him a penalty. Because I mean, tactically, if his stick touched the puck, it's playing the puck. Even though, I mean, I I assume that's probably what in the rest eyes. You know, if your stick, that's, you know, intent to play the puck or something like that. But, and, and then he, you know, as soon as that happened, he kind of dropped, he yeah, dropped the stick. Yeah, but there was like so. four sticks in there. I mean, it was hard for the refs to make that call. I, I can see where the mistake would have come from. Um, but I also, I don't, I don't know if I buy that it, I mean. You can definitely tell. I broke one stick because it got stuck underneath the ice. It got stuck between the board and the ice. And you uh-uh. know, like you can it feel, you can feel the, you know, you can, I don't know, you can just feel that it feels different. It vibrates differently. So, I mean, I'm pretty certain he knew. But, I mean, when you're in a battle like that, the last thing you're thinking is drop the stick. So He barely had time to. I don't like that call at all. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't like I didn't like it because like Dan said I don't think he played the puck, but I bet I know he I mean at least I think he knew that it was broken, but I don't think he played the puck. Like he had he was holding the stick, but I don't I don't think he ever touched it or or moved the the puck. Yeah, I didn't I wasn't a fan of that call. That was a, I don't like it. Yeah, I, and he was surprised, and I, even the announcer was surprised. It's like because okay. he even said yeah he even said he's like. I dropped it. I saw it was broken. I dropped it. Yeah, I was I was a little surprised too. An update on Tolvanen. Yeah, he's played seven goals and, or seven, seven games. games. Seven games. Four. He's got four goals and two assists. Well, he he hadn't played in the first five games, so I don't know that since they got him. So well, I haven't been paying attention to him because he's not a predator anymore. So anyway, moving on. Yeah, that doesn't that burn a little bit. Right, is that what you were going to jump back to? Sure was. In, in uh, fines and suspensions, um, Keller uh, fined $5,000 for cross-checking Brandstrom. I didn't I didn't actually get to see that video, so I'm not sure. I didn't. I don't know how severe it was. I, did, I don't know if he even got a penalty for it. Hey, let's start posting all of our videos on our Twitter and stuff. Let's, we'll resend them. So that way people know exactly which videos we're talking about. And Sergachev, he's, I believe he's still on Tampa Bay. Uh, he was also fined $5,000. This one for roughing of the Canucks Garland. Um, is he a rookie? I never heard of Garland. I don't even know his first name. Hey, you also forgot. Did you say Sergachev? That's what I just said. Sergachev was fined $5,000 yeah. for roughing Garland. No, I was, I'm sorry. I was reading something about um, all the Toronto, all the Toronto um, fines that happened in December that we missed. You moron! Sheldon Keefe, the entire Toronto team, Clayton Keller, and then yeah. Well, they don't get penalties. 
No, but they get a $100,000 fine. That's a pretty big fine. I think that's all we have for the fine suspensions that I heard, that I've seen. Yeah, that's all I've seen. So, I guess we can go into the hideout. Moving into Ryan's hideout. Uh, This week, the Sabres put Casey Fitzgerald on waivers to go play in Rochester. But he was scooped up by Florida. I was very disappointed in that, as he was well-liked when he played in Rochester. So, good luck to him. He's the son, I believe, to the New Jersey GM. So, I was surprised New Jersey didn't pick him up. But maybe they tried. They're a little lower on the totem pole. Uh, Sabres have a real goaltending issue. Comrie's back, as I said earlier. UPL's doing real well. And then, obviously, Craig Anderson's still there. 41-year-old Craig Anderson. UPL was sent to Rock the other day due to his sickness. But the coach said he was going to start until he became ill. Um, They have to keep putting people down in Rochester just so UPL can play. They need to do something. My personal thought is trade Comrie, but I don't know if they'll get anything back for him. Uh, moving on to my next thing. Buffalo is currently second in the league with 154 goals for. But the reason why we're in a position we're in is the 139 goals against that. So I think if UPL and Anderson were our goalies, that stat would definitely improve. But as of right now, Comrie's still here. So we'll have to deal with that until the GM makes a trade. The last 10 games were 6-4. and four. It was, I think, 8-2 and two before this current three-game losing streak. But, obviously, losing streaks tend to hurt a team. Uh, but I'll move on to the Eichel Tuck watch. This is a good week for Tuck. He has now 40 games played, 45 points, 20 goals, 25 assists. Eichel came back from his injury the past week or two. He's got 30 games played, 15 goals, 18 assists for 33 points. So, I mean, depending on how you look at it, they both have over a point a game. But you also want to have a player for every game. So, there's that. That's all I have for this week. Yeah, with the whole Eichel talk thing... You know, a lot of it is also fit. I felt like Eichel kind of wore out his welcome in Buffalo. And, you know, Tuck has really embraced his opportunity in Buffalo. So you, I just kind of got the feeling and, and get the feeling, you know, like I said, the few games that I've watched, um, I just feel like the fans have bought into him. I feel like they are throwing their support behind him. I didn't see that towards the end with Eichel. So No. So yeah, I I don't I still I wouldn't be upset with that trade because you've got somebody who's more of an iron man and can still put up points and he's obviously a good mentor for the young guys. Yep. You're still winning that trade in my opinion. Oh yeah, I mean that's just one part of it. There's still Krebs and Oh, absolutely. 
a draft pick or yep. two. <clears throat> so we'll see. But now, have they? I think we won that trade. How many draft picks did they get for Eichel? I believe it was two. I think they've picked them both already. I gotta I look how, it up. I don't. I, don't remember. I wonder how they came out. Uh, I know the one was good. I don't remember if this was the second one or the first one though. I'll look that up right now. Okay. You guys want to move on? So, moving on to the AHL updates. Uh, the Milwaukee Admirals, they had a good weekend uh, last week. The, the Saturday the 7th, they, uh, at, at Milwaukee, they played San Diego uh, for, again. So the second game they'd, they'd lost that previous night, that Friday, as I mentioned. Uh, but they beat them on Saturday 5-1, to one, and then they went to Tucson for two games Tuesday and Wednesday. And they won both of them, uh, seven to five and six to three. So that puts the record at 21, 11, 0, and two with 44 points. And they're, you know, obviously with this uh, three game uh, streak right now. Um, so Tucson must not be, must be about as good as the Arizona Coyotes. Um, do you have anything on the Griffins? No, I mean not not a whole lot. They're they're not a very good team. Um, just a lot of losses. They played like they played the Wild twice, the Stars twice, and their last win was January sixth. Um, they do have Ned down there uh, playing, as well as Verona. So, you know they're they're in conditioning stints. We'll we'll see what happens with them. Um, you know, I'm just kind of hoping that they can they can rehab. I mean, it's good for for the Griffins to have those guys down there, but I think Detroit has all their plan. I don't know what they're doing. And I think they got all the Griffins because they're playing. You know, well, but then again, you know, they're not. I can't really say they got all the Griffins because once you know, that's the whole idea of the AHL is to get get the players AHL ready, and you know, once you move into the the big club, you know, your your ultimate goal is to stay there, and Detroit's players have shown that they can play and hang in Detroit. And i just surprised that Detroit hasn't replaced them with younger players as good as they are. You know, maybe they need to get, um, you know, Holland or whoever was responsible, uh, you know, back in the 90s. They seem to find the gems. Yeah, but you can't, and I, I, I say this multiple times to everybody, and including yourself, and I'll say it again. If you compare anything with the 90s Red Wings to now, then you just don't understand how everything works because back then you could buy yourself a Stanley Cup. And the Wings did that. I mean, not it, it wasn't just buying. I mean, that sounds horrible, but it's true. Yeah, that stupid salary cap thing. I, I, yeah, yeah I, so it I, makes a big difference because back then, you know, you can get a guy like Mike Madonna that's like, hell, I'm on my tail end. I can go make a boatload and play for the Red Wings. I can be a Red Wing. And, you know, it was the prestige that would bring these guys in. Like you had, you know, Brett Hull, Brendan Shanahan, you know, guys like that. They're like, yeah, this is a original six team. Like, I, I would love to play here. And back then, there was an open checkbook. So it's much different. It's a much different strategy game now than it was back then. So what do we have on the Amherst front? 
We had our uh, all-star team announced this week. Uh, Brandon Biro was selected for his first game. Isaac Rosen, Yuri Kulik came back from World Juniors and played on Wednesday. No no points or anything, but they're finally back in the lineup. So that's good. Uh, I almost said P.K. Subban. Subban, our goalie, is now won seven straight games for the Amerks, and the Amerks' next game is tomorrow night. Um, jumping back real quick to that trade. The trade reads, Jack Eichel in a third this year for Tuck Krebs. A first round and a second round next year. First round this year, or this last year, and then a second round next year. So you guys first man, round handled that was, deal. <clears throat> no, no, Oslin in the World Juniors had one goal, three assists for four points in seven games. So he looks like he might be a, a decent pickup. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And I just think Kevin Adams has done a tremendous job with the Sabres. I think he's really building a great team, and and now you're giving him two more draft picks. I mean, Buffalo wins that deal 10 out of 10 times. That's that's a win. Yeah. I, I don't care what Eichel versus Tuck does. The Sabres win that that trade. Even if they didn't 10 get out of 10 times. Even if they didn't get, uh, you know, a whole boatload of stuff, even if it was just one and one. I mean, where does where does Vegas stand in the in the standings? They are first in the, in the, first Pacific, in the Pacific. Okay, fifty eight points, uh, two points ahead of the Kings, who are uh, playing tonight. It's Edmonton and San Jose playing tonight. Which uh, so I was just trying to figure out. I was just trying to figure out what type of draft capital you'll have. It'll be lower, but well, I mean, it depends on we got. They, the one year that they were played bad, we got their first round pick, so that's all right. I'll take it. So, um, actually, I I forgot to do this earlier, um, but uh, before we go into the previews, I just want to list some uh, the Predators' leaders. Um, I did mention a couple of them when they scored. But uh, Forsberg's got eighteen goals, thirty eight points. Yossi has twenty three assists. And Saros is leading with nine two two save percentage, but we also talked about his how many shots he's given up, second in the league. Um, and then some supporting cast members, uh, which kind of surprised, you know. Um, they're not having a very good year as far as the, the talent level, and they should be. Duchesne, 11 goals, 21 assists. That's not bad, but a player like him, and he's done it before, should be up into the 40-goal range, or at least 30 by now. Um, he has hit 40 in, in once before, I believe, in Colorado. Uh, Granlin's got, only got four goals, but he's got 21 assists. So, I mean, he's not playing too bad. Um, I guess he's more. I guess he's turning more of a playmaker, but I, I'd like to see him score more goals, especially since he's a type of player that goes to the front of the net. Um and then you got Niederreiter. He's having a decent year. You know, the first, you know, huge signing in the offseason. He's got 13 goals, 10 assists. He could have more. He could have, he, he should probably have 20 or 30, at least, which is what I was hoping. 
And then uh, Ryan Johansson's got nine goals, 11 assists. He, should, he could easily have 20. Um, but, I mean, obviously, you know, you got all these players, and they can't all have 20 goals, I guess. You can't have six goal, six 20-goal scores on your team. Otherwise, you'll be dominating the league. Um, and then you got defensive Matthias Ekholm, who's got four goals and 11 assists. Um, and that brings up a point that I wanted to mention. Um, you know, was, I know the Preds, they're still, still in that playoff hope, still trying to push for the playoffs. But he's 32 years old right now. Um, I forgot to check, see how many years left in his contract. Um, he's got, you know, he's only got four goals on assists. He's a defenseman. He's one of the top defensemen. But, you know, they're, they're kind of a younger team. Um, but how would you? I know I would not want to do it. And I, you know, I, I, I hate to see him go. But maybe is it better for the team if maybe you'd move him? Uh, maybe move him to a cup contender? Um, maybe, you know, he might start pointing out some numbers, but at least for that veteran presence. Um, you know, he's 32 years old, so he's probably not going to have that many years left. So I just want to maybe, you know, maybe Ron or Brian would get some input, you know, maybe, you know, what would you think about trading, you know, for a prospect or a draft? I'm not even sure what you could get. If you could get a prospect in a, in a draft or you could probably get at least two. Um, Matthias Ekholm. He's only got four goals, 11 assists right now, but he's, he's 32 years old. But you know, as far as the rookies, you know they got they're getting a young younger team. Um, See, I don't think you. I don't, you, you I don't think well you get much for Ekholm. I don't. I mean, what what would you think you would get for him? Just curious. Well, I would want you know maybe a prospect and a draft pick. I, not necessarily a first round. You might get that. Maybe you, a second probably, or third. You could probably get that for Ekholm. And I don't think that. I mean that would mean that you're entering a true rebuild because now you're starting to offload for picks and you want picks and, you know, you're trying to build a team through the draft and then find a few free agents here and there to bring over. I mean, so are you saying that you want to enter a rebuild? Do you think it's time? Well, I don't necessarily say enter a rebuild, but I mean, they're, they're still trying to, um, you know, they're still in the playoff hopes, but, you know, they got a young team. Um, he's under contract. He's 32 years old right now. He's under contract until uh, the, through the 26th season. So he would become a, he would become a U, UFA in 2026, 27. Uh, he's making uh, $5.5 million this year. Uh, so the cap hit is six point two five million, but then it jumps up the next three years. It goes, it jumps to six point five million. Um, he had signed that four-year, uh, twenty-five million-dollar contract. Just look at the money-wise. You know, you could probably save. You know, especially the next three years, you're going to pay him another million dollars on top of that five and a half. Um, and maybe you could pay two or three players. 
and get somebody, you know, oh, you obviously sure you'd can. have obviously you'd have to get a a younger player that would be able to to hang in, you know, cause obviously you would have to get a defenseman. They do have a good good young defense, but he's, you know, and he's he's been on a downside. Um I mean for a defenseman so I, I, I wanted to he had, sorry, go ahead. He had 10 goals in 2017-18, and then since then, 8-8-6. Eight, eight, uh, uh, but his assists, you know, he's other than 2021, before he played 48 games, he had 17 points. All the other ones, he's had over 20 points uh, until this this season. He's played 41 games this season, and he's got uh, 15 points, 11 assists. Um, now, now, you just proved – a point well to me it proved it maybe not to you or the listeners but you kind of just proved a point on why i don't like the um what's it called contract that big eight-year one forsberg well he's yeah but this was only a four-year but it was uh, no i understand i'm talking the age He's oh. been declining the last couple of years. He's getting older. He's not keeping up with the nineteen. Well, as far as more. as far as the stats, um, what what else what else matters? Well, he's a defense, so you got to be able to you know play defense, and um, he I mean, is. Yeah, playing. some people are leaders, and some people are this and that. But I mean, I even said it like there's you there's guys that you keep around the locker room just because they they are good for the locker room. But at the same time, at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is what's on the scoreboard, where you are in the standings. I mean, that's why everyone competes is to win. So, but know, he's not putting up the points. What good is he besides a moral figure? I mean, at that point, take him off, put him on the bench, and let him be a coach. But then, you know, and, and, and like you said, what other team would actually want him, you know? He'll go I somewhere. Mean, Somebody will snag him, but it, I, I just don't think they're going to take him for that long. I think he goes to, what, 2026? Yeah, and well, he's got three years left in the contract, Um, but, you know. So that's going to make him, it, what, like 40 it, years old? I would just I, – I, I brought him up because of all the defensemen – um. He's probably the most expendable. Um, you well, know, you got the most uh, on the return minus Yossi. You got Borowiczki, who's he's still an IR. Um, yeah, but why, got, why mess with him? He's only got like a nine hundred thousand dollar cap hit. So who cares and, about him? And then you got, and then you got Carrier, who's a good young young defenseman, who's who's gonna who could be, you know, maybe he could be, you know, replace the Ekholm as far as his minutes. Now, and then you know he how got much he's making this year. And then he got one hundred thirty-three thousand. And then he got Dante Fabro, another good young defenseman that he could he could possibly be another at home. Um, okay, two point four million. And, and then obviously the captain Yossi, he's not going anywhere. Yeah, he's. And he's then uh, grand. And then Jeremy Jeremy Lazan, uh, he's he's another good young player. He was born in '97. So he's just a year older than Carrier, and then uh, Ryan McDonough, who's just starting. I mean, I know he, he, you know, he just had his first goal, but he, he, the Preds yeah, didn't get him for goal scoring. Um, but so, so you got yeah, some so good... to answer your question. To answer your question, yes, I think you can offload him for 
a, a picker, maybe a prospect. As much as I hate to see him go, I would want Connor McDavid to come over. Oh yeah, I I wouldn't expect anything like that. I I I hate to see him go, but I would um I would expect at least like a, a prospect or you know a, a decent prospect defense probably defense. Um, yeah, and, and or a draft pick, probably a second. I doubt you could get a first round. Probably no, a, you're not getting a first probably round a second, third. Second. Although you know, maybe even a fourth. You know, there's been some pretty good fourth and fifth round draft picks. Um, what I don't understand is how so he signed a four year deal worth twenty five million dollars. Well, so his contract goes through the 25-26 season. So how how old did you say he was? 32. Right now, this year. So he'll be 35-36 at that time. I just, that's a lot of money. Yep. You know, it's kind of what I said about Forsberg. You know, you're, you've got this guy, at some point, he's going to start declining. He's not going to stay. You know, he's, he's just... He's not going to stay this Superman that's going to get all your points and be the leader and hero. Well, he's... He'll compete. He's going to compete. He's going to compete at a high level. I mean, Burns is proving that he can compete, but they're just not what they were when they were in their prime. And you're going to be paying some guy 8 or $9 million a year for that decline period. Like That, to me, just doesn't make sense. And Ekholm is a perfect example of that. He's already in his decline, and you're stuck with him for another three years. I mean, you you only hope as a Predators fan that his stats will continue to go up. But on a decline like this, I mean, he's trending downward, yet his salary's not. So now that's taking away from you guys going out and finding, you know, a younger to, you know, somewhat of in their prime player to come in and help the Predators. He takes that away from you. Nobody's going to pay, give you anything for him unless you take half that salary back. Yeah, it's just, that's a big salary. No way. Yeah, and uh, that that's another thing, you know, and I... Who gave that, who signed those papers? Poyle. <clears throat> exactly. But I, um, I, you know, this happened with, um, I can't think of his name right now. Um, um, he played for Ottawa. He was on Predators. Um, he's obviously, I don't even think he's playing in the league. Anymore. Or maybe if he is, he's playing for our team. Um, oh, God. I, I, it's right on the tip of my tongue, and Who I can't it? remember. Fisher? Um, no, not Fisher. He's retired. Um, he, they bought him out as contract. So they're still paying his salary. Um Oh God, I can't think of his name. Um, but he, uh, it'll come to me as soon as we get off the air. But um, that—that's another thing that kind of—I don't want to see that happen at Coma. It might, it probably won't because Kyle Turris. Yeah, Kyle Turris. Kyle Turris. Yeah. They're still paying his salary. I don't know if he's even playing anywhere right now, but I mean, they're still paying him because they bought all this contract. I think it was like a four or five million dollars. Um, but you know, I hate to see that happen again to Ekholm, you know, that five, but I don't know. How does nobody say anything to Poyle? Like, how is he still employed? He's not playing anywhere right now and he's signed or he's 
You're paying him two million dollars against the cap two, for okay. uh, till twenty eight. Oh, oh, oh. Eight years, fifteen million. So two million for eight more years, and the guy can't even hang in the NHL. <laughs> hey, this team has less losses than the the Sabers. So I'm well, gonna... I don't know how. Probably because Buffalo just lost a couple. Exactly. That's exactly what it is because it's only two losses more. So, anyway, I guess uh, we can revisit that this, you know, in the future episodes. Um, you know, I, I don't know if that, I don't think. Mark my words, Poyle I don't will think, not be with the Predators. Poyle and Haynes are going to be a package deal well, out of Nashville. I hope Haynes the is. The season. They're both gone, both of them. But Poyle's going to be gone with more respect. They're going to tell him, hey, you either step down and move aside or we're going to throw it out there that we fired you. But mark my words, both of those guys gone at the end of the season. But, um, yeah, the uh, I, I I don't think they would they would lose. I don't think they would have to buy out Ekholm and and three-year contract. I think they'd just, you know, keep if, – if they can't move him, I think they would just, you know – keep him in the roster, obviously, because he's still decent. Maybe he will, you know, I know he's on his decline, but maybe he will find that good good season or two at the end of his career. You know, you know what, at the end of his neck, at the end of his contract, he'll probably end up, you know, retiring or at least, you know, he'll probably be the end of the Preds career in some aspect, but I don't think I'd see. I don't think I'd see a buyout like they did with tourists. I I sure hope they wouldn't. I mean, two million is uh, <laughs> enough to buy out. I I don't. Yeah, that would be that. That would almost be Poyle's if he's still around. He would. That would definitely be his uh, ticket out. But um, so the Preds uh, after this five game road trip, which was fairly successful except for his last two games in Ottawa and Montreal. But I think they still finished 3-2. and two. Uh, They return home on Saturday to play Buffalo. And um, call me crazy, but I think I know that, you know, the first game back from a road, home, road trip, you know, kind of thing and everything. And I'm going to say it. Uh, and, and just because, I mean, I know Buffalo bounces back. They don't lose too many in a row, and they've they just lost two in a row. But um, I, I think the Preds are going to find somehow to win. I, I think Saros will probably have to steal the game. Um, I don't know like what they're going. I don't know what they're going to do to Tate Johnson. Maybe they can like trip him up when he enters the, st- the arena and injure him. <laughs> I don't know. Like that's the only way they can slow him down. <laughs> um, but at least we don't have to hear that goal, uh, his goal song. Um, and then they got Calgary coming up. Um, uh, it's uh, also at home. They're, so they're, they're at a three-game homestand. They always play Calgary tough. And so I, I think Calgary's going to come in and win that game. And then they got Columbus to end this little three-game homestand, and I'm going to call that one a win. And then they will go to a uh, short trip up to St. Louis. I believe it's like four hours uh, drive time, although I obviously it flies, so it's probably like half an hour. <laughs> uh, but I'm going to say, you know, St. Louis is still kind of up and down. Um, I'm going to call that a win. 
for the Preds. Um, let's move on to the Wings. Well, we've got Columbus at home tomorrow at 7. Uh, I'm going to go with a win on that one. Columbus has struggled, uh, so I think Detroit could take that. Uh, Monday, I'm going to go with the loss. They're playing Colorado in Colorado. I'm going to go with the loss. Um, then we've got Arizona in Arizona. I'm going to say we win that one. So Toronto, I'm sorry, Columbus win, Colorado loss, Arizona win, Vegas. I'm going to go out of limb. I'm going to say the Wings win that to finish out their home or their, their little mini road trip there. Oh, so you got Columbus at home, Colorado, or is Colorado on the road? Colorado, Columbus is at home. That's going to be a win. Are you writing this down or should I? Yes. You're writing it? Well, yes, what? Which one? I got it updated on the, so I'm updating it. Okay. I'm, I'm updating on the schedule as I speak. Columbus win at home. Colorado loss on the road. Arizona win on the road. Vegas, I'm going to say win on the road. I think Detroit's going to have a good little... I think they're going to win, take the momentum of the last two wins into Columbus, and then I think Colorado's going to show them who the big dog is, and then I think they're going to bounce back against a weak Arizona team and carry that momentum into Vegas. That's my prediction. Moving on to the Sabres. Saturday, tomorrow. I should have been there, but we're going to be in Nashville. Beating the play. That's right. Heard it here first. They're going to beat the Preds. Buffalo uh, beating the Preds. Then on Monday, we have Florida at home. Again, I'm going to go with a win. I'm going with a win all four games this week. Tuesday, they have Chicago. And Thursday, I will be there for Ryan Miller night. They retire Ryan's number to the Raptors versus the Islanders. And again, that will be a win. Woo! Buffalo oh, and, on a hot streak. and that game, I just, just briefly, that game that was post the Sabres Columbus game, I think it was. Yes. Um, yeah. yep. That got rescheduled for April. I think it was April, right? Sometime in April? 14th. Okay. So it was probably the end of the oh, season. Right. They probably just tacked it on. Uh oh. Tack it on. So if that's all the. Everything we got. Um. Nothing more for this episode 43. Nothing more, nothing less. That's good. Again, uh, Facebook, you can find us at Predwings Podcast, Twitter at Predwings Pod, and then Twitch. And please address all hate mail to at D Law, Dan Lawless, please. All hate mail Twi- only. Twitch and Discord at Predwings Podcast. And I did forget to email earlier in the show. That's Predwings Podcast at gmail.com. Um, we actually did get an email. We'll work on something. I don't know if it'll develop, but we're working on something. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but I, yeah, I think, I, I think we're going to, we should talk. I mean, be on the lookout for some type of a giveaway or something in the future. So, um, <laughs> if you listen, you know, just keep an ear out. <laughs> We're giving away all of D-Law's money, kind of like Terry Bradshaw's Break the Bank or whatever. We're going to drain D-Law's bank accounts. Well, they're not. The contest. Let's go. Well, they're not going to get very much. Well, as long as it's enough to make them happy and keep the love. Well, 
Thanks for tuning in to the Pred Wings Podcast. Good night, Hockey Town. Bye-bye. See ya, Smashville.